is your truck and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Food, fitness, diet, nutrition, lifestyle, training, drugs, disease, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Kim, welcome. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. How about you? Good. I'm setting up my diffuser now. Lisa, you guys, both you guys, sent us diffusers um, for Christmas. To, uh, the power of aromas is amazing, and I usually get it set up first thing in the morning, but I was a little late today and setting it up for the show. Yeah, you know, I got uh, Lisa a diffuser a year ago at Christmas, and, you know, as always, you get busy, Uh and you want to do things, and you don't get around to it, and then when she finally did, and she set it up, she loves it. Now she has diffusers everywhere, (laughs) so uh, it is, it's amazing, and then that's why she wanted to share it, so she sent it out to, you know, everybody in the company, and it, it is an amazing thing, and it's simple. You know, when you first look at them, you go, oh, my God, you know, what do I do with this? There's all these different oils and brands and aromas and mixes, and what does it all do? And you know what? It's like everything else, pretty simple. You open it up, you pour some water, mm-hmm. and you put a couple drops of oil in it, whatever you want, and turn it on, mm-hmm. you know, and it works. It really does. And, it, yeah, like you said, it's one of those things that I had... I had gotten them for gifts for both my girls before, and it was I always was going to get it for myself, and I just never did. And so when this came in the mail, you know, right before the holidays, it, it's priceless. I mean, it's just one of those things, um, you know, that you can only benefit from, you know. Yeah. So add it, add it to your life and just, yeah, do it. You know, it reminds me of you saying that, um, you know, we're dealing with this phone call, you know, we we'll work on phones, and a lot of people are catching up their profit gauges this time of year, and... I just got off the phone with a guy, and he's like, I'm not going to do that again. You know, I'm going to keep up with it. And I said, you know, we'll be your accountability buddy if you want to, you know, that, you know, you have to email us once a month and say, I got it done. <laughs> right. But um, it made me, of course, because we're talking health, it makes me think of health. We all think of that, too. You know, we're going to get started. We're going to do that. And before we know it, a year goes by. So we are you guys' accountability partner if you need it for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. That is correct. And, you know, today I, I, I don't have anything really specific. I have a couple big picture things I want to talk about, and then we'll get to calls. You know, I'm to the point in this health thing where, you know, we've been through all of the basics. I mean, I, I have researched, obviously, nutrition. We've done tons and tons on nutrition. There's not much more to say about nutrition, um, I'm going to come back to that. We've, you know, researched stress, and I'm, you know, kind of wrapping up my research on sleep. And then when you start to look at the big picture of tying them all together and how, you know, this affects that and that affects this, and it's it's this giant, you know, circular, it, it's, if you tried to map this out on a wall, 
you know, the interaction between everything that's going on in your body with nutrition and stress and sleep and sunshine and, and all these other factors, it's, mm-hmm. it's mind-boggling. And you mm-hmm. could also, I could also make the argument that I could lay it all out and then you could go find some other nutritionist and they would do it totally different and nobody agrees on anything. Yeah. So... You know, to the point of where do we go? You know, what, what, and what I always try to do when something starts to get that complicated, and I've talked about this before, is you have to simplify it. You know, we can't keep making things more and more complicated. I think that's what got us to where we are now. But if, if you look at this, what it really comes down to, Forget all the detail. Forget, you know, if you have a specific problem, leave that to the professionals. You know, the odds of of most people being able to go research, you know, thyroid issues online and solve their own problem is is probably pretty slim. Mm -hmm. You know, not only is there so much confusing, conflicting information, but you have to have a lot of background you know, knowledge to understand. It's so easy today to read something on the internet and and it sounds good and there's proof, you know, to back it up, but it it doesn't give you the whole story at all. I'm fighting this right now with taxes and it's making me crazy because I'm, you know, I'll be in a conversation, I'm trying to help somebody, and there will be 37 other statements that are just either completely wrong, or they're very misleading, or they just don't add anything to the conversation. We'll be talking about, you know, LLCs, and somebody will make a comment. Well, I heard LLCs are no good. Well, that's really helpful. Uh, what do we do with that? You know, I, I know people... Right. They want to contribute, and it's Facebook, and it's easy, but stop and think. You know, if I type this in, is this really helping anybody? You know, to make a statement like, I heard LLCs are bad, that's just a horrible statement. It'd be this, you know, the same thing in health when somebody types in, I read that fat is bad Mm -hmm. for you. Oh, well, good. That's going to help us a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Right. When it, you know, it's social media, I get it, you know, everybody's got a voice, I get all that. I'm not trying to to stop people from posting, but just stop and think. When somebody is asking for technical advice, whether it's health health or taxes, try to think before you type. Um, So, I got off on a tangent there. Um, (laughs) It's okay, I like where you're going with it, though. To get back to the big picture, we can't keep making this more complicated. You know, we need to simplify it. Here's yeah. what it comes down to. I, I think that the, one of the best movements, if you wanted to follow it, is really kind of the paleo-primal thing. Because the whole point mm-hmm, of it mm-hmm. is to get back to the way our bodies evolved. So we don't have to argue about, is this better or that better? Or, or let's just look at how we evolved. That's the most logical thing. And if you follow that logic and look at how we evolved and how we live, my question is, isn't really, why are we so unhealthy? My question would be, why are we still alive? We don't live 
anything like the yeah. way we evolved. I'm shocked that we're still here and walking around on the planet. It's so bad. You know, we, we, we evolved living outside. So, you know, if you live outside, you're probably mm. exposed to sunshine a lot. Why do we think we need sunscreen today? True. We lived outside. I mean, but we also, you know, were in bare feet. We were out in nature. I mean, we spent all of our time connected to the earth in fresh air, in sunshine. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, aromas and how powerful they are. Well, most of the aromas we try to recreate with essential oils are all natural aromas. Those are things Mm -hmm. we were probably in contact with all the time because we were outside Mm -hmm. and we were in nature and we were handling plants and and all of those things. We don't do that anymore. You know, we prior Mm -hmm. to electricity, which is a fairly new thing, we are we lived by the sun. When it was dark, you slept. When it was light, you were active and you hunted and you, you know, prepared food. And, you know, we wonder why our sleep cycle is so screwed up and why it's really, really hard to fix. Uh, You know, I've got it down to where I know all the right things to do to get good sleep. But trying to do it every day Mm -hmm. in our society (laughs) is really difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to really be set boundaries and make choices to avoid certain things. Yeah. Technical, light, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the other thing I was looking at was, you know, the statistics are coming out for the flu season, and it looks like it's a pretty deadly flu season so far. There's been a lot of pediatric deaths, and, you know, I'm not surprised because I think we're going to see this get worse and worse every year until something changes. And, you know, even though there's a big, you know, keto, paleo, primal, whole food movement, it's still a very, very small percentage of the population. You know, sometimes when you do what you and I do, you start to get encouraged thinking everybody's doing this. Well, we only think that because we're doing Mm -hmm. it all the time and we're talking about it. But (laughs) the general population doesn't do much of this at all. I mean, even there was another mainstream article by the L.A. Times, um, interestingly, talking about the Mediterranean diet. I'll talk about that when we get back. And a whole lot more. Then we'll get to your calls and questions. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. I'm kind of all over the board right now, but trying to, you know, bring this down to something that we can all understand and work towards and not stress about it. Um, Kim, the article in the LA Times talked about, you know, the Mediterranean diet has been touted as like the healthiest diet possible. And it turns out that it's based on almost no evidence whatsoever. You know, people say, oh, well, that keto, that's, there's no evidence. Well, honestly, I think there's more evidence, scientific proof about keto than there is about the Mediterranean diet. Even though there's been hundreds, if not thousands of books written about it, everybody's basing all their information off the same very, very limited scientific proof of of whether that diet's really any good or not. Now, here's what I think. I think it is a good diet. I don't think it's the perfect diet. I don't think it's the only good diet. But I I think if you look at it, it, and I think it's especially good for the people who lived there, because genetics do play a role in this. When you look at it, it was primarily a whole food diet. It was, you know, high in olive oil Mm -hmm. and some Mm -hmm. nuts and seeds. It has probably a lot more fruit in it than, you know, somebody here might want. But I think that, yeah, you could look at the people in in that region and their health and it was good. So I don't think it's a bad diet at all. I think it was, but you also have to look at their whole lifestyle. They live a very, very low stress kind of lifestyle. They have a lot of connection with family. All the things we talk about, this is more than just diet. They're, you know, we would have to look at their sleep habits and, and none of that's been studied. But if you look at like what they call the blue zones around the world, Okinawa, where you know people live to be 100 all the time, their diet is wildly different than the Mediterranean diet. You know, we can look at the Inuits, and their diet was almost pure protein and fat, and yet before we got you know to them, they were extremely healthy. So... I don't right. think we mm-hmm. need to... St- now, one of the problems we face in this country is we've screwed up our health so bad. I mean, all you have to do is look around. People don't even look like humans anymore. Honestly, isn't that kind of crazy? You know, watch a movie from the yeah. the really early 30s, 40s, that kind of stuff. And oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what the human body is supposed to look like. You know, I was thinking about this term we mm, use all. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this term we use all the time, but I think we've we've changed the context of it. When what do we think of? What do we mean when we say, "Boy, I'm really out of shape"? Don't we normally say it when we're like trying to climb a whole bunch of stairs and we can't breathe anymore? Oh, yeah, we get winded. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but what? Think about yeah. what what the phrase really means. I'm out of shape. What is a shape? I mean, like physically, physically. Shape, exactly. Right? But, in, but we're meaning in ter- our, our responses from the in, in, internal yeah. <laughs> difficulties. So. Yeah. But if you think about it, take a, a human who is, you know, 10% body fat, which is probably pretty natural, and, and you know, stand them next to somebody who's 30% body fat, which is becoming the norm, and what changes about them their shape they're Mm -hmm. not shaped like a human being anymore and and that's what is so obvious when you look around what we've done to our health and it it we can see it 
We don't have to measure anything. We don't have to do any complicated, you know, blood work and analysis and testing. You just look at somebody. Mm. We don't look like humans anymore. That's how bad it's gotten. And and what I was yeah. thinking about with the, the flu and all the pediatric deaths is why are our kids so in such poor health already? I mean, mm. I understand at 50 how mm-hmm. I, you know, could have lived a healthier life and all the damage I did over 50 years. Well, why are our children so unhealthy? And then I remembered. What was one of the big lessons from the NTA, Pottinger's Cats? Oh, the generational. Yeah, the effects are generational with how we eat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it takes multiple generations to reverse that. And I think that's what we're seeing, and that really scares me. Yeah, it is. Scary, but also that's where we all need to really um, take ownership of this and, and know that, I mean, it's a responsibility not only to change ours, but... You know, we've got to help our next generation. We do. We do. And, and, and I feel, you know, so blessed um, that, you know, I started to learn this at 50. Um, my son, Michael, started learning and studying this in his 20s. And his two twins have lived this way from when they were in the womb. So, you know, I feel like I've already... Mm-hmm affected two generations down. And, and I want to encourage right. everybody to think right. that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, within how many years? Look at you, affect, within two, three years, you affected two generations. Right. So it's not as big as it might seem at first, you know? Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and don't overcomplicate this. Real food, you know, any time you have a doubt, don't go to the Internet and ask the question because you're going to get horrible answers, I, I swear. And, or mm-hmm. you're going to get good answers, but they're going to be confusing. I, I would encourage people to, when you have a question about anything, whether it's the food you're about to eat, about, you know, stress levels or sleep or what you should do for activity, think about how we evolved. And, and just try to base your decisions on getting closer to that again. Should you spend more time outside, bare feet, in the sun? Absolutely. That's how we evolved. Help pitch a tent in your yard and go sleep outside. I, really, the, the mm-hmm. more we could get back to the way we evolved, the healthier we're going to be, and don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. And those are the things we can control. You know, there's so many things out of our control. Look at what it, you, you can control and... Um, that speak to you and that you need individually and start working at those. Exactly. Yeah. And, and don't, don't get too complicated. Don't get sucked into the debates about, well, mm-hmm. I have proof about that. Everybody has proof. I mean, and it, you and I include it. I'm not saying, you know, we're above this. We, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to say, well, here's our point of view and here's our research and here's why we believe this. But, you know, there's some vegan doctor who would argue against everything we say, and he would have his proof. Right. So, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, how do you solve it's, that? Diets are right up there with uh, religion and politics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on politics after last night. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm living in a parallel universe when it comes to politics right now. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. I didn't think. So I, fire up the diffuser. <laughs> that's right. Get a little lavender oil in your diffuser and mellow out. Chill, yep. the, chill the hell out. Yeah. All right. Um, chill out. Yeah. Right. All right. Anything else you've got, or should we get to some calls? All right, let's do that. Let's start off in Pennsylvania. Tad, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. Uh, How are you today? Good. What can we help you with? How are you? All right. Kevin, first of all, you know you're my mentor. You know I have the utmost respect for you and everybody. I hope you give me a little time today because... uh, the other day when you had your show with Larry Wingett and what's transpired in the last couple of weeks, I need to talk to you both and see if I've messed up my body. You, you woke my eyes up and you helped me out. I've been now clean for three three weeks. And, um, and I don't want to get emotional, but I just hope the hell out. I mean, 90% of the time I'm healthy, but I was on, when you had that with Larry Wingett, you do the math. Seven years, ten thousand eighty Vicodin, and uh, I couldn't understand why it was taken. I thought it was for my legs. When you hit the nail on the head, it was pretty much for my emotional pain. Uh, and yeah. I want to say thank you for for that. I'm just I don't know what to do at this point. For my, my get crampy in my calves. Uh, I do walk. I do all that. I'm I'm not embarrassed to talk about this. Um, I don't want to be looked down upon, but I'm coming to you kind of for help, but I wanted to just confirmation on what you and Larry Winger talked about with the opiates and all that. It's a, it's a dangerous game, and listen to the number I just said. Seven years, 10,080 in. Yeah, and honestly, Chad, let, let me say I a couple things. To, I, wanted for- to sh- I, I, wanna, I wanted to share that with you both. And let people know it's just not worth it. And I don't want to cry or nothing, but this has really hit home. And I have been now clean three weeks. I went through my detox. I am completely clean, but I'm just scared I've screwed up my body, my organs. All right. Well, let's address this. First off, congratulations on stepping up and being able to talk about this. That That's the first step, clearly. And that's why many people never get clean because they try to hide it for so long. And, you know, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. I, 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 I'm one of those guys, and I, I think you know Larry Winget. He is, too. We hold the individual responsible every time. And, and there's a reason for that. It's not just to be cruel or to be mean, or to blame blame people, it's because until you're responsible, you can't change anything. If we blame, even it, let's say something is somebody else's fault, and in this case, I believe there is other fault, and I'm going to talk about it, but if we make it all somebody else's fault, then we're screwed, because if it's their fault, we can't change it. So... When that's the whole point to holding individuals responsible. It's not to be mean. It's not to be cruel. It's not to blame them. It's to empower them. Because the minute you take full responsibility for something, then you get the opportunity to change it. So that's the whole point. And, and Tad, I know you understand that. That was more for other people. And you are taking responsibility well, for Well, this. the thing about it, the thing about it, Kevin... 
you have worked with me four years to get me to go to, I'll be at Landstar in April, and I want to be around to enjoy my next 30 years and enjoy what I've worked so hard to accomplish. And you know what? And you know what? These doctors give this crap out like it's candy. And and I'm not scared, and it took me a lot of courage to call you guys today. What I want... Uh oh, Tad, are you still there? I know. I mean, I've still got the line up here. We'll get him back because th- this is an important yeah. topic. And Tad, yes, hello. Oh, there you are. There we go. Okay. Hello. Yep. Uh, oh, Kevin. Now, thing is, I I thought it was for pain. When I'm that one, the most guilty of it all. But I'm trying to also tie into what you and Larry Wing talked about the other night. It's ridiculous. That statistic that you gave, the 8,000 people dying in, the, in Mexico, but yet 60,000 people die of opiates every year. Well, I'm not going to be a statistic. I, 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 and I, you know what? And I want to say thank you because from that night, I haven't touched them. I detoxed and I'm clean. Well, well, let me tell you something. That alone, I mean, we should all pull off the side of the road and cheer because that is incredibly difficult to do. After two or three months on opiates, much less ten years. So, congratulations. Here, well, and, and, thing, and the thing about it, and the thing about it, you would not know. I feel a lot better now. Yeah. I'm more. I'm more everything what I used to be before I started taking them. But you would not believe the the, the, the different symptoms that your body goes through. That you realize if you go with me when you go through the the detox and get it out of your system. I had so much stomach cramp. I had leg cramp. I had headaches. I had everything. But you know what? I went the first two weeks for hard, and now I feel like the old me from back 10 years ago. And, and, and I wanted to just share that. And just, Kevin, you mean more to people than you ever realized. And you too, Kim. And, and, and I'm looking forward to Landstar in April. And now that I'm over with you guys on the tax and everything and blah, 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 I, I'm just so blessed that I lived number one, and that I can live the next 40 years uh, enjoying my dream that I worked so hard to get. I've taken enough time, and thank you, Kevin. Well, no, you, no you haven't Thanks, taken Dad. enough time, so hold on with me here, because there's a lot I want to yeah. talk about, and this is a good topic. Okay. First off, let me alleviate some of your fears that I'm hearing there that you've done all this damage. Um, first off, the human body is incredible. Mm-hmm. What we, what we now know is that most of our cells and our, our organs regenerate themselves all the time. Like your stomach lining replaces itself like every three or four days. Your liver cells regenerate at a certain speed. All of our cells regenerate. The reason we don't really see that is because most of the time, the bad habits that we have that are killing us, we don't ever stop doing them. So, yeah, of course, it's just going to continue to get worse. We're going to die from it. But, but we now know when you change what you're doing to your body, it recovers in amazing ways. So don't feel like you've done all this damage that can never be reversed because it can be and it will. If you do the right things, you will be amazed. Here's the other good news. You were on one of the least damaging of the opiates. Vicodin isn't all that bad. Um, So that's good news, too. I'm absolutely glad you're off of it. 
your body is going to recover, and you don't need to do anything really different than what we talk about all the time. Eat real food, eat really good quality fats and good quality meats and protein and you know organic vegetables and get lots of water you don't need to drink anything other than you know water coffee and tea forget all the other junk and you know get outside in your bare feet and get sunshine and work on your sleep and you know all the same things we talk about the more of those things you do my guess is that in a year If we were to do a bunch of testing on your body right now, and actually after three weeks, we've probably lost some of it already. If we would have tested your body really extensively while you were still on it, we would have seen all kinds of signs and things that looked really bad. Three weeks out, they're already improving. A year from now, my guess is we wouldn't even be able to detect that they ever happened. Well, I'm going to give you some good news through listening to you guys for four years, or I mean, since you started this, I have been doing everything right. The only thing I drink is water and coffee. Everything at the salad bar is green, and everything above the ground, I cut out. I've, I've done all that, and I've stayed healthy through all this, and I've done all that, and and uh, so I, I'm trying to stay healthy. It's just I had to kick back, and the main reason of the phone call is I was just scared that I screwed up. You would not believe here I'm thinking I had stomach problems, but it was all part of the withdrawal process. Right. And now, I mean, I mean, I eat greens, I eat beets, I eat, you know, stuff that I like. I eat the fatty meats, and I feel great. I've, I've managed to do all that through all this, but I'm not scared. You know, I, re- I finally realized the problem was what you touched on. It wasn't for my legs. It was for my emotional pain that I dealt with a woman, my, my one wife who really broke my heart and, and ripped it out. I haven't shed a tear in 12 years, and I'm not that person. Uh, and I just I just resorted to that, and now I said no more after that after that gut-wrenching statistic that you said. I quit it that night. I haven't touched it since. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, two, two more things that you bring up. One, physical pain for most people is not long-term. There are some conditions that create chronic pain, and it's a horrible thing. And I wish our medical community would focus on fixing the root cause of it. But that's, that's not the norm. The norm is people have an injury, they have a tooth extraction, they're in some pain, they have a surgery. We give them these powerful opioids. They do take care of that physical pain, but that would go away in a couple days or a week or two on its own. What they find, though, is that it feels so good to keep taking these things because we all have some level of emotional pain. Some of us have extreme emotional pain from all kinds of things. And this dulls that pain, and it makes you feel much better. But you also see the downside. There, you know, it, It's a horrible way to live, but you're not alone in that, you know, the emotional pain. I believe that's a, about why 90% of the people stay hooked on these things. And you know what? I guess what it is, Kevin, and I'm going to tell you this right now, and you look at, who the hell wants, I've been to the doctor twice in 20 years. Who the hell wants to go, okay, you talk about the most pain, go see a stinking shrink so he can give you seven more drugs. Oh, exactly. And have 35 side effects. Exactly. I don't want, I mean, I think the doctors, I, I think the doctors are idiots. 
half the time. And if you look at these uh, info commercials and you look at, oh, take this for depression, there's 37 side effects with it. I'm not taking that. Yeah, and, and one of the side effects is depression. <laughs> Exactly. There you go. Back to the same route. But Kevin, I, 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 I feel I feel much better now knowing that I'm going to be okay, and I'm glad that I consider you my friends and my colleagues and my mentors. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. And uh, just just thank you guys. Without you, I wouldn't have been able to do it. That's all I got to tell you. Well, you're you you are welcome, Tad. Thanks for bringing so, that to the wait. show. That is a uh, that is a great lesson. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that, um, Kim. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from what Tad just went through because what he did is incredible. To to quit mm-hmm. cold turkey, the withdrawal symptoms are awful, just absolutely awful. And he did it, and he's he's through the worst of it. But he's he's not you know out of the woods, but he's been through the worst of it. He got the detox is over, the withdrawal symptoms are over. He's feeling better. And again, I don't want to take away from what he did, but I am completely convinced that the fact that he was already living such a healthy lifestyle and eating mm-hmm. properly yeah. helped the whole transition. Yeah, 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 and and the, and now he knows his path to going forward. Instead of you know um, wondering what it looks like, he knows what it looks like, and you can hear the excitement in his voice when he talks about it. And that's gonna just take him even further. Yeah, um, this is a huge problem. Um, you know, I used the statistic sixty thousand, and what Ted was talking about was I compared it to. The, you know, drug war violence on the Mexican streets that we see in the news when there's bloody bodies laying around and bullet holes and everything. And, you know, we look at it like this war zone and and I'm not downplaying it is it's horrible. But in their worst year, they killed 8000 people in their uh, with their gun violence and drug wars. And we kill 60,000 a year with opioids. And we don't seem to be appalled by that. In fact, the number Mm -hmm. President Trump used just last night in his State of the Union address was over 64,000. Did you watch it, by the way? Yeah. No, I I didn't. I was was already. You know, I don't want to. It's taped. I was already out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to get too political. Uh, Sometimes I'd like to, but I'm not going to now. Um, The thing that I've watched lots and lots of State of the Union addresses. The one thing that I was really, really encouraged by was that this was not about him, President Trump. It was not even about, you know, his policies or the successes. He spent 90% of his time highlighting normal people, ordinary people, and they were there. And just amazing from a a woman who was in the Coast Guard that, you know, saved 40 lives during the hurricane in Houston. I mean, just um, to a small manufacturing company in Ohio that's expanding with the tax credits and hiring more people. But there was one, he was a first responder of some sort, and he had a uniform on, but I, I didn't catch whether he was police or firefighter or something, but he, he came up, up, upon a woman in the street who was pregnant 
and she was about to inject heroin. And he, he stopped her, oh, and he has four kids of his own. He went home to his wife, and they decided to adopt that baby. And they did. Well, they, they helped her. They were working with her to get her off heroin, but they adopted the baby, and they had the baby there last night. I mean, it was just, this is how bad this problem is getting. I mean, we'd talk about, you know, Pottinger's cancer oh, yeah. and generational. We have kids being born addicted to opioids. They have to right. detox the baby when it's born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This has just become... Yeah, I saw that specific Yeah, mm-hmm. this has just become a horrible problem that, that we have got to get a hold of. And I don't, I don't hold out much hope. I've followed the money on this. The money is incredible. Not only do you have a company like, I'll pick on Pfizer, you know, that has created some very powerful opiates and continue to push them out into the market heavily. Now, the same companies that make the drugs that are causing the problem make the antidote that we have now put in all of our first responders' hands. All the cops carry Narcan, all the first responders carry Narcan. Mm -hmm. Well, guess who's making all the money off the Narcan? The same... Oh, my God. Yeah, let's go one step further. Because at least we could say the Narcan's saving lives, because it does. It's an amazing drug. But guess who's making all the money off of it? The same people who started the problem. But there's another Mm -hmm. problem with opioids. And this is an absolute problem. It's called opioid-induced constipation. Because what opioids do is they kind of shut down, you know, your body. Your Mm -hmm. breathing slows down and, and your muscle contractions slow down. And that's our digestion works because the muscles contract and move everything along. Well, that stops. So the, the constipation that goes with opioids is horrendous. Well, guess what? One of those pharmaceutical companies now, ha- <laughs> now has a big new drug specifically for mm-hmm. opioid-induced constipation because none of the normal stuff works. Yeah. Yeah, there's commercials all about it. Yeah. So did he address that at all? Like what, what they're going to do about that? About the problem, did he address that? No, at all? no. It was you know, it's a state of a union. He kind of touches on topics. I, I, I don't yeah. know what they're going to do. Honestly, I, I follow it, and I don't see anything um, that I, I don't see anything in the works that's going to even slow this down anytime soon. I think it's going to get far worse before it gets better. Um, I am going to take us into a break, and when we get back, we're going to get some more to more. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to take a break. We'll, get, we'll come right back. We'll get to more of your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health.
All right, so I had a little automation snafu happen. We got all that recorded, and I'll have to edit that down into a couple uh, segments that I need. But just so everybody's aware, we're going to be starting a another show. So we're going to continue on, but it's going to sound like we're starting a brand new show, and uh, we're going to get to a bunch of your calls and questions. So here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Food, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, exercise, drugs, disease, supplements, you name it. My co-host is Kim Cockerham, and we're going to get to your calls pretty quick. You know, Kim, um, this show every week, even when we do two full hours of it, we never get to all the calls and questions uh, usually because I babble on for a couple segments about something. What, what do you say this week we just jump right into calls? <laughs> no, that would be great. <laughs> All right, let's do that. Let's go to Oregon to get started. Keith, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What can we help you with? Um, my question... My question today is I sent you guys some test results that I got just today um, about blood and urine samples and thyroid and cholesterol, and they were frightening, and I just need some clarification. So I got those, and I looked them over, and there was also a note that the doctor that received the results wanted you to go to the emergency room. Did, did she say Why? She said there was blood in my urine. I've been having severe cramping, like, constantly, like, like all day, every day, like, you know, my hands, my legs, and my feet. Um, and she's just concerned that it, my the numbers are just too much. You know, there's too many things going on that, that maybe well, I'm really sick. Well, I don't disagree with her. The numbers are horrible. What I disagree with is I, I, I don't think the emergency room is a good place to go. One, I, I, unless she can tell me what the emergency is. I mean, I get it. The numbers are bad. But I'm not sure what the emergency room is going to do for you. They're really good at trauma and, you know, life-threatening. And, I mean, otherwise, it's really expensive and time-consuming and... Um, you're not getting the best level of long-term care. So I, I want you to do something quickly, but I, I don't really recommend the emergency room. It, unless, like I said, unless she gave you something specific, like you are in the middle of a heart attack or a stroke, or, you know, I think you have extremely severe kidney disease And, you know, here's the emergency. And it doesn't sound like she gave you anything specific. She said there was blood in my urine. Yeah, I get that. And and that's probably a sign of some sort of kidney disease. But it could also be just a kidney stone. 
that could cause that. Um, okay. And, and I'm not downplaying, you know, your numbers are bad. In fact, they're so bad, I don't even know where to start. Because there, there are lots of... <laughs> the, no, really. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure where to start. Um, so this is All a right. case where what we do, what Kim and I do, which is nutritional therapy... That's a long-term health strategy. It's not a, you know, quick-fix medical strategy. We don't have a supplement that's going to do a thing for you. Changing your diet, you know, today would be a wonderful thing, but it's not going to solve these immediate problems. So you're one of those cases where I don't want to give you any recommendations other than Absolutely clean up your diet and lifestyle. Do all the things we talk about, but we have, you know, bigger fish to fry right now. You've got to get a good, full, physical workup. But I would not recommend the traditional medical system. In fact, I think it would be a nightmare for you. I think you would end up on multiple drugs, they would be recommending all kinds of things that will fix the symptoms short term, but will actually make you less healthy over time. What I would recommend is that you find a functional medicine doctor. I wouldn't even go with a naturopath on this one. I would go with a, a full MD, but somebody who is a functional medicine doctor, and I would get in as soon as you could get an appointment. Okay, that is exactly what she said, and she said the reason is because I'm on the road, I don't have health insurance, I don't have a home health care, I don't have a doctor, okay? And so I've got no one that can prescribe like the Synthroid that I was taking that I no longer take because I don't have a prescription. Well, So and, she said and here's that's the, why she, she... Yeah, well, see, and I think that's a problem with our medical system. Uh, you know, we, it, when we have doctors, and I get it, this is difficult, I know. But when we have doctors who are sending people to the emergency room because they don't have insurance, that's why our system's falling apart. Mm. It, for, for one thing, I, I get it, I, I get the money thing. But you're going to get subpar care. Emergency rooms are not there to treat the kind of stuff you're dealing with. You have multiple system issues, extremely high cholesterol, blood in the urine, kidney you know, dysfunction. There are a couple other things. And I'm not trying to scare you, by the way. I'm trying to you know, get you to understand. I agree with her that, that this needs attention. But I think the emergency room is the last place you want to go. Hell, I don't care if you have to go mortgage your house to go to the functional medicine doctor. That's what you should do. Okay, but I don't have to pull over right now. I can go deliver my load and go home and find a doctor. You know, I'm not even going to answer that question because there's too much in this that I don't have enough. <laughs> I, I don't have enough background to interpret it, and I feel like if I tell you you're okay, um, I, that I'm I'm giving you advice that I'm not prepared to give you. You know, I, I can tell you... What, Fair enough. I do understand that. Yeah, I can tell you what I would do, cause I, but I'm, I tend to be a risk taker. I would finish the load that I was on, and then I would, you know, start working on finding a doctor. And But, yeah, I wouldn't pull over and get in an ambulance and go to the emergency room. But, you know, there are some, there are some things in here that definitely concern me. So, just to be clear, I, I, I don't 
have a recommendation on whether or not you should go to the emergency room. Um, But I do, even if you chose to do that, if you chose to, you know, drive somewhere, get to a hospital emergency room, just to be sure there isn't some life-threatening thing going on. That's why I wish she would have been a little more clear. My, my, my thought is she's sending you to the emergency room for the money issue, not because she thinks your life is in danger right now. I would think that if she thought your life was in danger, she would have scheduled it. She would have explained why. I get the feeling she's just sending you to the emergency room because you get treated for free. And if that's the case, then, yeah, let's avoid that. Let's figure out how we come up with the money. I I don't have a doctor either. I mean, I I haven't had a doctor for most of my adult life. When I, you know, when I go in for something, you say, who's your doctor? I, I don't have one. I never have. I try not to go, but you know now I. And okay, can, may I ask, may I ask you a couple of questions? Sure. Okay, first of all, um, you always talk about the cholesterol and those those pounds. Those numbers are also extremely high as well. Okay, and I was taking medication to bring those down. And I don't know if you remember, but I quit taking all those pills, um, and so. Like the thyroid pill was the only one that I stayed with. And I stayed with that until the last doctor said she wouldn't give me another prescription until I went and did a blood screen and came in with a doctor's appointment. And then she would renew my prescription for Synthroid, which she didn't do. So I went somewhere else. And I have 10 Synthroids in my truck if I need to take them. But well, I don't know if I do want to start that cycle again. Well, here's the thing. Synthroid can be helpful if it's done properly in the short term, and usually you can get off of Synthroid if you do the right things. This is why I don't want you to go to the traditional medical system, because they will keep you on Synthroid the rest of your life. A functional medicine doctor will be able to look at your thyroid panels and determine whether or not you really need this for the rest of your life, or, or is there a natural way to fix your thyroid? And most of the time there is. So that's why I want to stop with the, the roller coaster you're on of, you know, I'm taking some drugs, but then they, I can't get it because I don't have insurance, and then I'm off of them, then I'm on them. I, I want to get you out of that system and into a system where they're going to work on these things naturally. But you've got to take control. My guess is that looking at your numbers, you are not eating healthy right now. I'm not as healthy as I could, but not as bad as you would think. Well, then that's why we need to get somebody involved with this. Keith, I'm going to I'm going to cut you loose, put you back on hold, because really, um, my advice is find a really good functional medicine doctor. Kim can help you with that. She has links and lists. Uh, that, that would be my full advice. There isn't anything Kim and I can do to help you with this at this point. We could, once we get these medical situations under control. We'll be right back. Stick around. Kevin Rothenberg.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Uh, Kim is here with me. Um, Kim, you know, that, that that's an interesting call, and I certainly feel for Keith, and there's lots of drivers that get in this situation. Um, our whole medical system on the health side and the insurance side is broken. It's horribly broken. And I wish I had better answers for people, but there aren't any quick fixes, and there's no free ride. You know, we have been so... I don't even know what the word is, brainwashed or conditioned to the fact that we shouldn't have to pay for our own medical care. You know, insurance should cover this mm. stuff. What do you mean there's a, yeah. what do you mean there's a copay, a deductible? Why, why do I, I, I don't understand. Well, I do understand, and it's the system again. Um, you know, when, when our roof leaks at home, we don't call our homeowner's insurance to fix it. We pony up the five or six or seven thousand dollars to get a new roof put on our house. That's normal maintenance. When the brakes go out in our car, we don't call our car insurance company and expect them to fix our brakes with a ten dollar copay. It can't work that way. And our health is the same way. If you get, you know, cancer, yes, we should have something to cover that hundred thousand dollar tax bill. You know, or uh, not sorry, I'm so wrapped up in taxes, that, that $100,000 bill, I get that. But when you need to go to the doctor for routine blood work and, and you know, some recommendations and, you know, start to work towards getting healthier, why shouldn't we pay for those things out of our pocket? Yeah, it's a really good point. It is a mindset. I came, when I first hit the working world going, you know, full-time working with Cover With Insurance, I think MetLife was the thing back then, and covered everything, everything, you know? And so I did have that ingrained as well. But, yeah, if we step back and think and look at the, what we pay, um, save money for, and what we spend money for, you know, it's that saying, give me your checkbook, and I'll tell you what you're, what's yeah. important to you. Um yeah, it's a whole paradigm shift as far as investing the money in yourself and your health instead of material things, you know. Yeah, and the good news is if we if we make the investment first mm-hmm. into the right foods, the grass-fed pastured meats that mm-hmm. were raised properly, the organic vegetables, when we try to stay as local as we possibly can. I get it. Those things are expensive. And, you know, instead of paying $5 for a head of kale, I can pay $5 and get two double Whoppers with cheese. I get it. Mm -hmm, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm really hungry, I might eat the two double Whoppers with cheese for five bucks. If that's all I have, I'm not going to go buy a head of kale. But that that's where we are. You know, and we have to turn that around. Nobody else is going to do that for us. So we have to. We have to look, mm-hmm. if we only have $5 to eat on, something's wrong. Because if you only have $5 to eat on, you're going to be sick, I can promise you. If your food budget is so small that you have to buy the worst quality junk food or you're eating fast food because it is darn cheap, try making two Whoppers at home for 5 bucks. Right, right. I get it. I know why people do it, but it's not right. We, you, you've got to look at the rest of your life and say, what do I need to do so I can afford to eat the right food? 
that alone will fix so many things. And if we did that long enough, we wouldn't need doctors. We wouldn't need this, this gargantuan medical system that we've created. You know, look at our grandparents. Did, they didn't have health insurance. They didn't go to the doctor constantly. They didn't have all these drugs and procedures. We've done this to ourselves, and we're the only ones that can turn this around. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's a shift in thinking and a shift in uh, where your priorities are. I love it. I love this that you brought to it because you were community thinking, you know, because it's true. You know, I gasp at the grocery bill sometimes too, but it's it, you got to back up and take a moment and, and really think about, you know, this is the food we're putting in our body and our kid's body. It's worth money. It's worth buying the best stuff. Yeah, and you know what? The other thing is is you can cut a lot of the cost if you're willing to do some work. You know, even, mm-hmm. you know, places like Sam's and Costco, you know, they're not exactly Whole Foods. I get that. You can buy some really, really bad food at those places. But I can also get very large quantities of good organic produce at Costco and Sam's. And... I, mm-hmm. I know you look at it and you go, oh, my God, I can't buy all those apples because I can't possibly eat them in time. Or, you know, I can't buy all that kale or broccoli or, you know, green beans or whatever. It's too much. It'll, it'll spoil. Well, learn how to ferment. I mean, I, I'm stocking a whole mm-hmm. second refrigerator with fermented because my produce box comes in and I'm not using all the produce. But I don't want to not get it because I like the fact that it's coming. So I just started, I, you know, the kale, I dehydrate it. We talked about that recipe. My God, I am so addicted to that stuff. I am literally... <laughs> you don't know how many people have written in asking for that recipe. <laughs> we had so many requests. I, I just got four more heads of organic kale because I'm going to make another batch today. I'm going through like a head or two heads of kale a day with this snack. <laughs> and I hate kale. I, I, I could never get my head around the whole kale thing. I know it's a really good, healthy green with lots of nutrients, but I don't like the stuff until now. Now I have to, like, hide the jar. Um, it's so, so you, you have to start looking. I'll have to send you the... Uh, Go ahead. I'll have to send you the kale socks. Brittany got me for Christmas one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. There you go. The socks with kale on it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, we, you know, we have to look at those things. You know, if you see a, a good deal on, you know, locally, maybe you can go buy a quarter or a half of a cow. You can go in with friends and do that. You know, the prices come way, way down. And, yes, it's going to take some work. And you might have to buy a second freezer. And I, I get it. But, but the... the our desire for all this convenience and cheap food is just killing us, and it's killing our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're inundated too. And you, you know, it, it, we use this excuse, and I'm bad. I mean, like, you know, a lot of the kids they've had, you know, the older ones have gone out and you know taught themselves how to cook. We didn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen all the time. You know, it was quick. It was you know, with a big household, we were in and out and this and that, but. My gosh! Now get get in the kitchen with your kids or your spouse yeah. or your friends, and and that's where you break bread. Break bread. I was like break bread. Break your grain free bread. <laughs> yeah, break, um, <laughs> break some keto bread. That's, that's fellowship, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, that's where connections happen. Exactly. 
Great point. All right, let's get to some calls. Talk about connections. Let's connect with Maria yeah. in Colorado. Hey there, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. What can Hi, we help Maria. you with? Well, I have this unusual symptom, and I don't understand why. So I'm kind of hoping you'll be able to help me out. I've been doing the keto for about a year and a half. Doing great, sleep wonderful, working on my stress like you guys work um, recommend. But in the past three weeks, I've started or I have had really, really dry lips. Nothing I put, I mean, I'll put straight on coconut oil yep, and not- sleep with it and I have to put it on four or five times a day. So what am I doing wrong? What am I missing or what am I doing too much of? Got it. So let's start with this. Anytime we have dry skin anywhere, lips, arms, elbows, Uh feet, heels, nothing topical is going to fix the root cause of the problem. It may relieve some symptoms. Like you said, if you keep putting coconut oil on, you know, at least, but it's not, nothing we put on from the outside for our skin is ever going to fix the problem. Skin conditions start from the inside. So are you also noticing, right. do, do you have dry, cracked heels? No. Okay. No, quite. I mean, my skin has always been dry and, you know, just or I've made my own lotion with um, coconut oil. You know, I did my own homemade to get away from the, okay. the commercial so, stuff. Good. But it, for some reason, I just, this is really weird. Yeah, well, it's not. Um, and first off, congratulations on if you are going to put something topical on to relieve the symptoms, that's okay. I like the fact that you're doing it natural because the commercial mm-hmm. stuff is all garbage. Um, so, yeah, that, that's good. Right. There, there's two things that could be going on, and it may even be a combination of both. One is that even though you're eating a lot of good fat, you may still not be digesting mm-hmm. it properly. And, and that would be a, you know, a gallbladder right. liver issue. So we would look at supplements like the beta TCP, the beta plus, if you're not taking that, maybe even a Livitrid. Um, we might do a full kind of digestive workup to make sure you've got strong enough stomach acid to start with. Um, so, Marie, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to come back to you. We would really target digestion first and make sure you're digesting all those good fats and absorbing them properly. Um, And there's a couple more things I want to talk about, one with fats and one with a completely different issue that might be causing this. We'll be right back. Stick around. Kevin Rothberg.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Kim's here with me. This is Destination Health. We're going to go back to Maria in Colorado. Um, so, Maria, we would focus on, on fat digestion. One of the other things I would recommend uh, for like the next 30 days or so, and the good news is when you buy this supplement, I think the bottle's good for probably more like a couple months. Um, it's all the fat-soluble vitamins, so if we're not absorbing fats well, then we're also missing out on the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K, and all of those can affect skin health, um, D or E and K especially. So we biotics, I, right? The K two. Yeah. So biotics. This was just a brilliant idea. They took the four fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. And they emulsified them into an oil. So they're already emulsified. So your body uh-huh. absorbs them so much easier. I like to go one step further. And I put that supplement, their drops, I put that supplement into my Bulletproof coffee. Because then I'm emulsifying it into even more fat. And then I would recommend you take it with um, the Beta Plus to make sure we have some bile salts in there. Now, here's one more thing I might recommend. Are you do, doing Bulletproof Coffee, by the way? I do tea, Bulletproof tea. Okay. I don't good. drink coffee. All right. And that's fine. Are you using coconut oil? Um, so, I use the um, Bulletproof... Um, Brain Octane? The one that, what's his name, so. The, the, yeah. the, there you go. Brain Octane, good. Because that... That's one of yeah. the easiest yeah. fats to absorb, so that's good. I want you to keep doing that. I, I would use this A, D, E, and K, and if you're not taking a, um, a liver gallbladder support like Beta Plus, I would take that for a while. The other thing I would look at, are you, you're not okay, driving I right did. now, right? Oh, I'm a driver. I'm at home no. right now because I just had a grandbaby yes, the day before, but right yeah. now I'm at home. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to know. As long as you're not driving, uh-huh. I want to try a little test with you right now. You willing to do that? Sure. Okay. Sure. So stand up. Okay. Take your, um, you might have to put your phone on speaker to do this. Can you do that? I have, my, I have my Bluetooth on. Okay, perfect. So take your right hand and let it relax straight down. Just, just let it relax and hang there. Okay? okay. Now, see, uh-huh. see the prominent yeah. veins on the back of your hand? Yes. Press on them. Well, not really. They don't stick out very much, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Press on it and feel how it kind of bounces right back. Uh huh. Now, now they I don't want... bounce too much right now. Okay, that might be a sign. Now, what I want you to do is, I want you to take that same okay. hand and raise it. Raise your arm straight okay. out in front of you till it's level with your shoulder. Okay. Did those in front va- to the side? Uh, front. In front. Okay. Did those veins disappear? Yes. Yeah. We, we can't even get to the test. The test would be I would want you to have you push on them in that position and see if they bounce back, but they've already disappeared. You're dehydrated. 
Mm. How weird. And dehydration will definitely cause chapped okay. lips. But three weeks of that? Oh, absolutely. I know people have been dehydrated their whole life. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's very easy okay. to be dehydrated. So, okay. So definitely. So even though I've, I'm still drinking the same amount of liquids that I've always drunk, apparently my body's changed and now I need more. Could be all kinds that, of reasons, um, especially if you tend to go in and okay. out of keto. You know, if you tend to stay on that border of keto, where, uh-huh. where some days you're keto, some days you're not, then what happens is every time your right. body, all those days where you go out of ketosis, and I do it all the time, so I'm aware of how this works, when, you're, when you go out of ketosis, your body right. starts storing glycogen again. For every mole- molecule of glycogen right. it stores, it's going to try to store two to three molecules of water. So it's going to be sucking water everywhere it can get it. Then you go into keto, and your body starts shedding all that water, so you start peeing a lot. Then you go back out of keto, and it's very Uh easy for your water. This is why people that go in and out of keto can also watch their weight fluctuate five and six pounds in a couple days sometimes. And it's because the water levels in your body are changing constantly. So it's very easy to get dehydrated if you're not watching that. You know, definitely a lot of water. Um, If you like coconut water, um, you might even want to try, you know, something like a coconut water because it has a ton of minerals in it. But this is probably a little bit of a fat digestion issue, but probably more of a dehydration issue. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's see Good. what happened. I just want to make sure it wasn't I was overdoing it on, you oh, know. No, no not like at all. Brain octane and oh, no, fa- and, you know. No, in fact, the, oil. in fact, the brain octane, if anything, will help cure this because it's an easily digestible fat. Hey, Kim, I saw a very cool product uh, the mm-hmm. other night on Shark Tank, one of my favorite shows. Um, How did you? Yeah, I ordered some of this too. It's such a great idea. I can't believe somebody didn't think about this sooner. So, and you might love this, by the way, because I know you still like your Soda Stream, right? Oh yeah. So, oh my gosh, I use it so much. I so here here's the idea. As soon as I heard this, I'm like slapping myself in the head. So it's this family in, I think it's Vermont, somewhere up there where they do a lot of maple syrup, and that's been in their family forever. Have you ever seen when maple sap comes out of the tree, what what it looks like? Mm-hmm. It's like water. Yeah, kale farm back in Ohio, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, where, that's yeah. where I had my first experience with maple sap, too, was at Hale Farm <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> How funny. So it, it, it comes out like water, and I forget the numbers. Matt, Matt would be able to answer this for me, or Angie. Uh, because yeah, they made yeah, their own good. maple syrup. It takes like 100 gallons right. to boil it down to get one gallon of syrup. Maybe it's even more. It's a lot. So this guy took the sap right out of the tree, which is like water, and he carbonated it. That's all he did. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they can it. So it's pure. That's, oh, my goodness. Pure maple sap right out of the tree, carbonated. It's loaded with minerals and all kinds of stuff. What a great idea. 
Wow, that is amazing. Huh. Yeah, and then they had, that would be fine for me. They kind of call it like a seltzer water because it's it's very, very lightly flavored, just a little sweet. It's got all the minerals in it. It's carbonated. I would love that because I love seltzer water. But then they do another level up where they do reduce it down somewhat to enhance the sweetness. Then they carbonate it, but it's still pure sap. They don't add any water. They don't add any sugar of any kind. They reduce it down to another level, carbonate it, and then it's, they sell it more like a soda because it is sweeter. That's really ingenious. Isn't that incredible? Very neat. Now, the problem... That's really neat. Yeah, of it, course it came out of <laughs> Yeah, the problem on Shark Tank, it was kind of a sad story because I loved this idea and I loved the two guys that wow. were doing it. So they had this seltzer water. They had the next level, which was made from maple syrup, but it was a little sweeter. Then they mm-hmm. had, they also did birch. They did the same thing with their I birch it, trees. Yeah. So you see the sharks, they taste the seltzer water. They're like, wow, that's really good. They taste the soda and they're like, a couple of them said, well, that's just a little too sweet for me because a couple of those, like Mark Cuban, he's into the real low sugar thing. But they, but they liked it. Yeah. But then they drank the birch. I thought they were all going to spit it out. They were, like, gagging and making faces and going, oh, this is awful. And I'm like, oh, that's so bad, you know, to make it to Shark Tank and then have. I I can't believe that they didn't know that already, that this wasn't a good taste to to most people. Um, And they they didn't get a deal either because they weren't quite, you know, far enough along in their business yet. And that's a common thing. So it was kind of. You know, I was hoping they were going to get a deal, but I loved the idea. So I went and ordered, like, I had Lisa do it, order, um, like, 24 cans of it. Because on the website, you had to order a case. But I can't wait till it gets here. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's great. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. I love those stories. I know. Great stuff. So, all right, let's... Unfortunately, uh, they didn't get a deal, but they got the exposure. They did. They, they sold the case to me. Uh, we're going to get to a break. We're going to come right back and get to more of your calls and questions. Stick around. Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Kim's here with me. This is Destination Health. We're going to head off to Wisconsin. Gary, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. See, uh, it's kind of funny you were talking about a, uh, a deal where people are out of shape on the previous show, and 
my my kids they got me a shirt quite a few years ago. It said uh, it says uh, in big bold letters it says I'm in shape, and then fine print it says round is a shape. <laughs> That's right. It is. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a gal that I'm trying to help out or whatever. Um, she has diverticulitis, and we talked about, you know, what she can do to help. She's pretty much on the SAD diet, you know, the standard American diet. And I'm trying to trying to explain to her, you know, different things, you know, about, you know, the keto, paleo type, you know. And uh, I gave her a recommendation because she's always got solid stool. So I basically told her to get a light balance and get a brain octane and start putting it in her coffee just to get her started. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering what causes diverticulitis and what would her her best diet be? So like most of our... Or if you have a book recommendation for... uh, I don't. I have a website I could send you to that would probably help a lot, um, but not a book on this particular case. Diverticulitis and... Has she ab- absolutely been diagnosed? So there's two words here, and they can get confusing. Um, diverticulosis is just the point where the little sacs are forming in the intestinal tract. Then if they become infected, then it becomes diverticulitis. So there are two different stages of this. But like most of our chronic diseases... There is no cause, one thing that we can point to and say, you know, it's not like an ulcer where we can say, yes, you had H. pylori and H. pylori caused the ulcer. That's a single cause of what happened. Most of our chronic diseases that we have today, whether it's diabetes or, um, you know, Crohn's or I could go on and on and on and on. None of them have a single cause. Their lifestyle. Diverticulitis is the same thing. We tend to get it after 40, although it's starting to show up earlier. And it's just a lifestyle of poor food choices, like almost every other thing we talk about. So there's no sense in going and looking to see what caused it. It's her lifestyle. And you said she's on the standard American diet. That's what caused it. If she wants to know, it's, you know, a couple decades of eating that diet. And there, there are specific diets for um, diverticulitis. The best website I found for this, and this is a site I recommend a lot, is Dr. Axe, A-X-E. And if you do a search for diverticulitis Dr. Axe, you'll come up with multiple articles where he explains it, where he gives the diet, where he has a three-step plan. And I've never seen it laid out any more clearly than what he does. Okay, and she does. She's been hospitalized for it a couple times. Then that then for she the has diverticulitis. Then she has progressed instead of diverticulosis. She does have diverticulitis then, and if she sticks with the traditional medical system, she will have it the rest of her life. They're saying it, it can go away. Oh, it absolutely can go away. You can if heal she, this. If she changes. Yeah, she can heal this. There's no question. Okay. That's good. Yes. So 
Check it I out. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, let's go to Minnesota. Dean, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I have a question. I bought one of those uh, sleep machines that you talk about. Which one? Because I, I use three every night. Well, the one I uh, that monitors your chest for... Uh, okay, the the, uh, the Sleep Score Max. Yes, okay. yes. All right. And I'd forgotten that I needed to have a... That it, that it needed to hook up to a phone to begin with. Um, but where do you put it? It said to... Uh, set it on the side of the bed within three feet, maybe a little bit elevated, but I sleep with the uh, quilt on top. Now, is that going to be a lot, a little more difficult for the machine to register or what? No, it's actually pretty incredible. I mean, I, I like sleeping with it really, really cold. Like, I can get the, the room down into the 40s, honestly, and I sleep good. But if I'm going to have the room down in the 40s or 50s, I pile blankets on, and it still works. So you want it, you want it oh, okay. just about chest level. A little higher won't hurt anything, and it should. You should be able, from your sleeping position, you should be able to reach out and touch it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Then I bought a. Got rid of my phone and got an 8s plus and. Wow, that phone's been just a pain ever since I bought it. But yeah, that's, but uh, uh, so you just download the just download the app and then uh, just set the phone by the machine and away it goes or what? Yeah, and and there's you don't have to. There's no physical connection. It's just Bluetooth. So the the phone just has to be in the general area somewhere. Um, and once it's set up. I, the software is excellent. I mean, I have no problems with it. I, you know, when I go into the room at night, you hit the, you know, hit open up the app. It connects right away. Hit sleep and forget about it, and and it works great. Now, one other problem that I have too is I'll go to bed. If I go to bed between seven thirty and nine thirty, because I have to get up at four in the morning. I'll wake up about every hour and a half to three hours all night long. But if I go to bed at 1030 at night, I sleep all the way through the night. I do have diabetes. Does that affect your sleep like that or what? It, it does, but there could be something else going on. There's something called a sleep chronotype. And it, they, they can split people up into three groups. And there's a test online, several tests online you can take. And... Basically, there's three groups. There are owls. Those are people who tend to sleep late at night and later into the day. There are larks. Larks are people that go to bed really early at night and get up really early in the morning. And then the biggest group is actually kind of a combination of the two. Um, And you can learn a lot by figuring out which one you are. I am solid into the lark category which is the smallest group um, my preferred schedule would be to go to bed at eight o'clock at night and get up at believe it or not like three in the morning that it's a good solid seven hours and i sleep excellent if i can stick to that schedule 
but that schedule is a little hard to deal with in the real world. So you might even want to go do, look up uh, chronotype or uh, chronotype sleep test, and you just answer some questions and they'll tell you which one you are. You may be an owl, and you may just do better by going to sleep later in the, the night. Yeah, but the problem is I got to have my seven hours or I'm just shot all day long. I'll fall asleep and while I'm driving, you know, I'll, I'll be nodding constantly. So I just pull over, take a 20 minute, half hour uh, nap and I feel great the rest of the day. But man, if I don't get that seven hours, you know, I'm just shot. And then if I go to bed early like that and get seven plus, like I say, I wake up three to five times a night and I feel great. But then when you know, I woke up at 3.30 one morning, felt great, and uh, slept till 4, and I couldn't hardly get out of bed. My eyes were like they were glued shut and yeah. very tired or whatever. But Yeah, and this may take some experimentation, and the sleep thing is going to help you. You know, it's not that big of a deal to wake up two or three times in the night. That's one of the things I've learned. Some of my best nights of sleep, when I'm scoring on three different devices are nights where I wake up multiple times. That, and that, that, may, that doesn't seem to be a big problem. So you may want to play around with different schedules. But the, the cool thing about this device, um, Kim, this is the one I told you about that I, I just got again, the Sleep Score Max. It's the only one I've seen that can distinguish between REM and deep sleep. Almost every other device lumps those two together. And they're very, very different. REM sleep is really good for our brain, and deep sleep is really good for our body. So this device gives me a score every morning that gives me a body score and a mind score. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's going to do it. We've got to wrap this up and get out of here. We will do it again next time. Thanks for joining us. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Russell.